0: I'm John DiLiberto and you're hearing the Echoes podcast from PRX. I'm returning after our Christmas break, which was totally crazy, producing five new seasonal shows for Christmas week, as well as our Echoes ambient New Year's Eve. But I'm back with some great interviews beginning today with Tori Amos. Tori Amos has been such a consistent fixture in music for the last 30 years that sometimes take her incredible work for granted. But she's put out a new album that reveals once again why she's a leading voice in our time. She had a whole album ready to go in 2019, but then 2020 happened.
1: I just knew that so much had changed from early October 2020 till, I don't know, end of January 2021 that the songs weren't resonating with where i felt the world was going what people needed and honestly what i needed to pull myself out of just a despondent place
0: ocean to ocean is tori amos's answer to these times Corey Amos released her 16th album at the end of last year. The acclaimed singer-songwriter has been recording since 1988, and she continues to find new sounds in her music and new depths to her emotions. As she progresses into her late 50s, she's experiencing life in differing ways, and while her inner world is filled with both joy and loss, she's also looking outward on her latest album, Ocean to Ocean.
1: One thing the pandemic I think did for a lot of people is make us question possibly or take stock in our lives and what we were thinking and how we think and what we value. And I think it pushed us in many ways. I don't know what I've been doing for the last many years, where I've been in my brain, but I don't know if I really just sat and listened to trees communicate with each other. I don't know when I did that, but I did it over the last 22 months.
0: (laughs) Tori Amos is not joking about listening to Trees. In fact, speaking with Trees is a song on her new album. Ocean Ocean emerged out of a troubled time. She was recording her new album back in 2019, coping with the death of her mother, Mary. Then, pandemic hit England, where she'd been living in Cornwall.
1: Mary was a walking bundle of compassion and empathy and unconditional love. And people have said to me, you should be so thankful that you had a mom like that. And I am very, very, very grateful. But I guess when we went into that third lockdown in the UK, which was severe, and the nightmare of this house arrest kept going on and live music off the table and watching an attempted coup on live television, I just, I wanted Mary. And I, um, she wasn't there. so. Eventually, I turned to the land where I was, and I watched her. She wasn't in lockdown. She was regenerating.
0: 2020 was different from 2019, and Tori Amos scrapped the album she was working on.
1: I just knew that so much had changed from early October 2020 till, I don't know, end of January 2021, that the songs weren't resonating with where I felt the world was going, what people needed, and honestly, what I needed to pull myself out of just a despondent place. I guess I was wanting to move into a rebirth cycle. So there needed to be things, ways of thinking that I really needed to let go of. And in order to make that transformation, the songs that I had written weren't taking me to that place, to the frequency I wanted to be in.
0: And what is that frequency?
1: Renewal regeneration a reflection of what I was watching mother Cornwall do my mother had passed in 2019 and I thought I'd dealt with it but grief is a funny thing it hits us all at different times and it's different for everybody it's a hard thing to explain when you've lost somebody that you love that taught you about love you know
2: clear in the southwest. Then I thought it might be you. By the way you were described.
0: It's Flowers Burn to Gold, one of the songs that grapples with her mother's passing. I don't know what direction her scrapped album was taking, but on Ocean to Ocean, Amos takes some new musical paths, which you hear on tracks like Spies. That's a song inspired by bats, written for her daughter.
1: That's true. We had the bats coming in in the summer when it was hot in Cornwall. And it's rarely hot in Cornwall, but it was and she went downstairs and camped out down there for i don't know it seemed like a week and i thought okay i need to write her a lullaby so she can sleep but you know writing lullabies for a six-year-old and a 20-year-old are two very different things but i thought that we needed some benevolent creatures from cornwall to london that were actually stalking the scheming meanies And perhaps that would help the big kids sleep at night.
0: Well, it doesn't sound quite like a lullaby, right?
1: Well, again, it was for a 20-year-old, so I was inspired by 90s drill and bass.
2: Knowing this may
0: Amos wasn't just looking inward, although she's been living in Cornwall, she also lives in Florida, and she experienced the political turmoil of America over the last five years. Songs like Devil's Bane are thinly veiled comments on the former president, and the arrangement has a mystical country tinge to it.
1: Well, I guess maybe I was missing Americana, and um, I wanted to tell a story about people being groomed not just by a person in an emotional relationship, but being groomed into thinking, whether it's propaganda, whether it's online stuff, how we can buy into a clever charlatan's perspective. And what happens to us when we stop test-driving ideas? when we don't keep uncovering them and then dig a little deeper and dig a little deeper to try and find what's reasonable and then all of a sudden we don't realize it perhaps when it's happening but we are now starting to see ourselves how another person wants us to see ourselves or and we're starting to see the world how another person Wants us to see the world, and Devil's Bane was investigating that. Shot
2: of tequila, wash me clean from his sermons and conspiracy. He was good at
0: Miss isn't exactly content with the current administration either. She doesn't write about it directly on Ocean to Ocean, but you can hear these themes in her book, Resistance, and it underscores much of Ocean to Ocean, especially Western foreign policy in Afghanistan.
1: Sometimes we in the West who start these wars, not even those in the West, those who are involved in the wars, when we pull out and we think, Oh, well, okay, we're out of there now. Our gals and our guys are home. Well, if the journalists on the ground are telling us what I believe to be true, is there are people going around murdering people who help the Americans or the Brits. And that should really keep some of us up at night. That really needs to keep some of us up at night. Because when I recorded Raining Blood on Strange Little Girls, the Slayer cover, That was commentary documenting stories of the Taliban and what they were doing to women and girls. And it was harrowing and shocking back then. And so what did we think? They were going to roll in and just say, "Okay, ladies, business as usual, go feminism. Let's rock. I mean, what were the American military people and the Brits thinking? I don't know what they're thinking, but it does really rile me because we are watching genocide happening from far away, and it's almost like people have decided not to look at it in the cold light of day, the humanitarian crisis that is happening, and I find it brutal.
0: One thing that remains the same is Tori Amos's immaculate voice. She stacks it in choirs, often an answering sound, and sometimes it's the voice of her daughter, Natasha.
1: You know, hearing records that do that, the Cocteau Twins, and other records where there's a lot of attention to detail on the vocal work, and how a voice is an instrument and how voices can be utilized within the arrangement. And I was able to work with Tash on this record. I dragged her in. So she was on um, Devil's Bane, and edition of Light Divided, and Speaking With Trees. And that's always fun, being able to work with different vocal tonalities too. That's, that's really fun.
0: If you look at Tori Amos's career as a whole, a consistency of imagery and concerns are revealed throughout her 16 recordings. On Ocean to Ocean, she references a track released 29 years ago, at the point when she was writing the songs for her new album. 29 Years is an answer to her song about rape, Me and a Gun.
1: 29 Years is really about a lot of things, and it's about how do we react through our lives. Is there a point when we stop reacting from our damaged wounded self? That's in the bones there of that song. Because when things happen to us, when do we get to a place of consciously realizing, wait a minute, hang on, I've got to break this pattern. I've got to break this pattern because I'm sabotaging possibly good things that could be happening in my life relationships that I could be developing with other creators, with, you know, in love, in family,
0: in other artists. But this goes back to Me and a Gun, right?
1: This goes back to all the songs on that record, on Little Earthquakes, and that time, which includes Me and a Gun. And it's about from then till now.
0: Amos is one of the wonders of American music. Her songs resonate as strongly today as they did 30 years ago. Her latest album in the Tori Amos canon is Ocean to Ocean on Decca Records. I have a link for Tori Amos's Ocean to Ocean in the posting for this podcast. Just go to echoes.org next week on the echoes podcast a preview of the big ears festival 2022 one of the most intelligent and civilized music festivals in the country i'll talk with ashley capps the founder of the festival and he has left his company the lucrative ac entertainment which produces bonnaroo and committed himself full-time to big ears which he took nonprofit. I'm John DiLoberto. This has been the Echoes podcast from PRX. See you next week or tonight on the radio somewhere in the country or at Echoes online right now or whenever you want.